There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Otomelliot, this week we have Rosanna Lockwood alongside me. And it's now time for me to show just where my talents lie. Drive Live talks technology. That, of course, was a joke. We have a technology expert in the studio with us. Nick Rago is here from Tech Radar. Nick, I, I was I'm scared you were going to break into song or something. I'm no, no, bracing no. myself to dive under the desk. No, I've been taught well. You've taught me well. I, my technology uh, now is improving. Okay. A little. Well, okay. Come on, give me a break. Well, Nick. you can you can pronounce Huawei, and you Huawei, you know you know what an about. Nvidia GTX graphics card it is. And I do. So, yeah. So you know yeah. this is progress. It is. It I is. I think I'm we happy. have to you know take it where we can, and yes. um, this is definitely progress. And this How- is as far as it's going to go. Yeah, I yeah. think this is peak tech for me. <laughs> we reached peak tech with you. Yes, yeah. and no gadget of the week this week no, for us, today. Nick. But no. we we had quite we've had quite a lot of gadgets recently. We so I have. think it's okay to have a rest. Yes, I mean I, I fully recovered from having my own Dyson vacuum cleaner, uh, which you guys were manhandling in the studio last Tim week. Tim was hoovering in the studio, <laughs> no. Rod. Like he was, yeah, he was really quite into it. He it was, was a bit like that scene in uh, Queen. Mental. Yeah, in one of the Queen videos. Um, but mm. I, t- I mean, I also had like a fantastic time with it in, at home as well. Just basically, you know what's happening? It's like because I have a room at home which does all my vacuuming for me so there are parts of course of, he does there are parts of the apartment that obviously won't get to so I look yeah. at it and I just say oh no one's going to look behind there it's fine it can be like a little mound of dust and god knows what's you know sort of growing back there but it's fine and so I had the Dyson with me and I, I put the little crevice tool which lets you yeah. kind of do corners and everything I went to town <laughs> I was I was no. I was literally trying to figure out okay where's the next place I could like under the couch in the corner there under the TV cabinet everywhere I even messaged my neighbor I'm like hey do you want me to come over and vacuum your house You didn't message me Nick Well you live too far away he's okay. literally like, like two doors two doors away Okay fair I enough I don't want to be committed that you know that much You're not where. that committed it's, yeah, to it It's yeah. cordless it fits in your car I it don't does. see that as a fitting it excuse It was it was so well yeah, well, I've given uh, it back now, so... <laughs> next <laughs> it was a lot time. Of fun, lot next of fun. time. Yes. Okay, so Nick, we're going to talk about a smart wallet. Do we in- have to? Yeah, we do okay. have to. Oh, right, and I love with rubbish Kickstarters, <laughs> you have varying degrees of disdain for them. <laughs> rubbish Kickstarters. So, Nick, yes. this is all about us... Um, Getting rid of our traditional yes. wallets, our, yes. our linear style wallets. Yes, because, and we're going high tech. Yeah, because this is what technology does. It it aims to replace the old method of doing things with new and supposedly more secure ways to do that. And you know, at first glance, this seems like a good idea. But you know, Rosanna, you and I were talking uh, off air, and 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 I, I basically said this is something that. Um, you know, it may be a good idea at first, but when you look at what it actually does and what it can't do, you you quickly realize that, yeah, this is a waste of money. Because mm, when I first, they, it came with a, a video, we're going to hear a little bit from that. I thought, actually, that looks pretty neat. I quite like that. I recently lost my Emirates ID. I've got to go <laughs> get my uh, biometrics done again tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah. Ouch. But uh, I, I frequently lose cards and things at my wallet. So a smart wallet seemed like a good idea to me. And on first look, I yeah. was quite impressed. But tell me why it's rubbish. Okay, so this is Aura Saifu. Okay, that's an interesting name. It is the first all-in-one smart wallet. And what it looks like, it almost looks like a little uh, phone. So it's got a screen on it, and you can uh, flip to the screen to get your various cards. So you can have like your debit card, your credit card, your other memberships, your air miles, and things like that. And you just flip through them, and it'll tell you what card is on screen, and then you can tap to pay like you would uh, in any store and things like that. And, you know, it, it kind of seems like an interesting idea but there's two problems with it is one you now have to recharge your wallet which is something Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd have to say in this day and age and second 
you can do all of this on your phone at the moment. Like if you've got an iPhone or if you've got an Android phone, like I've got a Samsung phone, with Samsung Pay, I can upload all of my cards and most of my membership cards on there and just tap my phone and I always have my phone with me. And I definitely recharge my phone. I don't necessarily want to be sitting and recharging yeah. my wallet. Okay. You know? So that's why I don't like it. So how do we pronounce the name of the wallet, first of all? I'm going with Aura Saifu. Aura Saifu. Yes. Okay. So basically, Sounds this is the Aura Saifu smart wallet. Let's have a listen. Nick, to what it has to offer us. Introducing Aura Saifu, the first of its well kind. <laughs> All-in-one solution for your asset storage, transaction, and recovery. No more hassles from the outdated wallets. The Aura Saifu allows you safely store all your cards, cryptocurrencies, even the membership card from your local store in one place. Everything is organized and accessible at your fingertips. You can use the Aura Saifu to pay for everything. Store all your cryptos, unlock your door, even use it to exchange name cards, all with this simple but amazing hardware. Now, i got to say, when I watched this video, Nick, mm-hmm. uh, there was a moment where they're kind of really pushing, you know, trying to make this look super glamorous and everything. Yeah. And there's a sort of girl in her 20s in the video and she's lying on a bed, kicking her feet in the air and she pulls out the uh, Aura Saifu and she kisses the screen and it kind of grossed me out. Oh, I didn't go weird. that far. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> When's the last time you caressed your wallet tenderly? Oh, NLT? only if it was producing money I didn't <laughs> realise I had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that in my life because it's always been a negative balance for me. But... <laughs> I mean, it, it just sounds so weird and so convoluted that why would you need to carry around a separate sort of screen that acts as your wallet when all of that tech is is kind of packed into our current tech as it is and, and to our phones and to our Apple Watches. All of it can be done right now. You don't need this. Do you, can I ask what your sort of wallet system is? Do you do it all on your phone? So I have uh, my, my cards on my phone, but things obviously like my Emirates ID, I, I won't be scanning and things like that. Membership mm. cards, I have very few of them because I find them an absolute pain to take care of. Uh, but yeah, I have my, my debit and my credit card um, on my phone. So in moments where, you know, I'm at a till or something, I'll most likely use my phone. If it doesn't work for some reason, I'll just whip up my card and use the actual original card. Okay, yeah. so one of the selling points is of uh, the wallet is that it's secure, So it's all about security. This is what they have to say in terms of the fact that you're safer with the smart wallet. Billions of dollars asset got hacked and stolen every year. You should worry about yours as well. Aura Saifu is the first hardware on earth using both TEE and SE technology to ensure 100% security over your asset storage and payments. For cryptocurrency users, you can use Aura Saifu as a cold wallet. Unlike traditional cold wallet using USB port for data transfer, Aura Saifu uses NFC and dynamic QR code technology, which is totally off the grid. Right, they've just lost me, Nick. I don't yeah, know what any I've, of those things are. I'm, I'm, I'm looking sorry, at my Facebook on my laptop because I'm not bored. It's, I mean, what on earth is that? Here's the other Cold, thing. Cold, what is that? It's just, basically, it's a method of storing um, cryptocurrency. So rather than using your cards and stuff, you can use it as a as an encryption service to access Bitcoin, Ethereum, and things like that. But I just had a brainwave, all right? Okay. Would you 
imagine because for most of us at least for the most of the men you put your wallet in your back pocket mm-hmm. now would you put a screen like this in your back pocket so this was my question with your with your wallet setup because i was thinking about sort of yeah exactly the women we tend to carry around handbags not yeah. all of us but most men tend to put their cards coins cash all in a pocket yeah and the idea of sitting on a small yeah. screen it's just a fact <laughs> it's I mean, not going to end well i know no. we do it that with our phones yeah. to some extent but we yeah. have like they're, do, they're do you know people who put their phones in their back pocket because you need mm. new friends then mm. That's just wrong. That's true. Where yeah. do you put your Where do you put your phone? In my front pocket. Okay. Because there's no. I mean, you're sitting down, and it's basically the length of your tie. It's not going to be bent in half by sitting on your back. When was the last time you sat down anywhere for more than five seconds, and your phone stayed in your pocket? Pretty much when I drive. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, you were trying to come at me, NLT. I can tell. I, <laughs> I can was tell. because realistically, you know, people are sort of. Yeah, you, they, you sit down and you, you take put the it phone out. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I mean, for any of us that with a wallet, you you know, I think a lot of uh, some of the guys that I know, they when they sit down, they take out their phone and their wallet and they put it on the table, which is bizarre. But I think for most of us, we will have uh, our wallet still in our back pocket. But sitting on that screen can't be a comfortable experience. Oh, and then and then when you're traveling and you're on the plane, you've got to put your wallet in airplane mode. Airplane mode <laughs> because it's too smart for its own good. How fun would that be? Anyway, okay, onto the onto the bits and pieces. Um, how much would you pay for this smart wallet? This is really hard for me to answer because okay. I have no idea how much a wallet costs generally. Okay, so so I, just think of a plain leather wallet. Yeah, so a good leather wallet will start you around maybe 200 something dollars, $300. Really? Yeah, okay. for, for a decent one. Um, decent? I mean, surely you're talking serious designer wallet at oh, $200. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm just talking about a regular man's street wallet. Oh, that'd, be, street. that'd be like $50 in mm. H&M. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, because yes. I'm not a man. I don't have a wallet and I've never <laughs> gifted my husband a wallet, so I don't know. So $50, 50 US dollars and for a high-end sort of designer wallet, yeah. we're talking 200 300 US dollars. Yes. Which is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so I presume a, spot, a smart a wallet is going to yeah. be more expensive than a designer wallet. You presume correctly. How much? Um, give, give the figure. I'm going to say $400. $400, okay. I'm going to go double that, 800 Ooh, wow, you have money to burn. <laughs> well, you've got a smart wallet, what to expect. So, okay, so the actual retail price, um, and LTA not far off, it's actually going to be $360. Ooh. That is expensive, isn't it? For a smart wallet, yeah. I mean, beyond what you're saying your phone does in terms of reducing the number of cards you need, do you think it's... Three hundred and fifty dollars, which is what in Durham? Um, yeah, like sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. It's yeah. a lot of money, yeah. isn't yeah. it? For a for a digital wallet thing. But here's a fun fact, okay, or a fun thing about it. They were looking for twenty thousand dollars to make this dream happen. $20,000. So I didn't know what kind of smart wallet they're going to make. How will they get you? I have no idea. Probably that would pay for the PowerPoint skills. And I, no, you know what? That pays for the video because that video looks really professionally done. Yeah. So they probably haven't paid anyone who's created that video or the model on the bed or anything like that. So you need to pay them. So they're looking for $20,000. All right. Guess how much they raised? Go Are on. you going to say nothing? No. They have raised $70,000. No. So clearly people not only want to sponsor the video, they actually want this product to come to market. So... Those people that are sponsored, are they going to get one of these smart wallets in return for their donation? They are. If they were able to, uh, they were actually able to get an early bird offer for $139 instead oh, of... stop it. it. Yeah, instead of uh, $360. Stop it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, I yeah. can't get, I just actually it's can't just, get over it this. It boggles the mind. 
sort of wow. week on week the things that people come up with. But yeah, text is now 4001. Would you buy the uh, Ora Saifu? It sounds like a sushi thing. It really does. Sounds Would you buy nice. the Ora Saifu smart wallet, the wallet which is all secure and all singing, all dancing, but at the end of the day, you probably have to recharge. Let us know. 4001 or for free via the Dubai iMessaging app. Do you think that would work in a shop? Sorry, I can't pay. My, my battery's dead. <laughs> my wallet's out of, out of charge. <laughs> <laughs> don't think it would work, do you? It's just, it's just so funny. I don't think you'd get away with it. Okay, we're going to continue with Nick Rago from Tech Razor. Next, we've got a couple of interesting topics to get to with Nick. We're going to hear about an update for Apple's HomePod. And uh, in some places, you might even be able to use it to make phone calls. Drive Live talks technology. So, Nick, we've yes. decided we don't want a smart wallet. It's yes. absolutely useless. It's terrible. Yes. Need but charging. somebody on text has actually said there are people out there who will pay. What? Who are these people? <laughs> I demand to know phone numbers and names. This message says, ironically, the public at large will pay not as a need, but as a fashion statement. Peer pressure will influence and make you buy. And that's, there's no name on that message, but I think they've got a point. If it's fashionable, people will do it. Oh, I it's love un- the day. It's unfortunate though, isn't it? So, Nick, we don't want smart wallets, but what we do want is um, phones. We yes. definitely want fancy phones. Yes. And let's start there. Samsung are going to have a gaming phone. As you know, I'll be first in line for this because Clearly. I'm all about the gaming. Obviously. You are completely the target market, NLT. Trust me. Um, so this is something that's kind of come out of left field. Samsung is sort of working on the ultimate gaming phone. Now, we've seen gaming phones before mm-hmm. from the likes of Razer, which is a gaming company. Uh, Xiaomi have one as well. And most recently, I played around with uh, Asus R. G phone, which is really, really cool, comes with an attachment for a fan and things like that. But yeah, Samsung is basically working on a, on a gaming smartphone. It's at the moment only sort of in the rumor mill, but it, it sort of makes sense. Samsung does have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, different sort of venues that it wants to go to um, when it comes to its phone. So it's got, you know, the, the larger uh, Note series for people who like to use a stylus or are more creative. It's got the regular Samsung Galaxies for people who just want a good Android phone. So if they want to go ahead and work on something that's a bit more powerful to make it into a, a gaming phone I think mm. it's a very interesting idea now who is gonna pick it up obviously gamers and people love playing uh, you know some of the new uh, modern titles that have been released for mobile platforms such as Fortnite and and, and such so if they want a, a decent screen they want more performance a gaming phone could be the phone for them I know you probably have talked about this on the show a lot over the past couple of months, but just as a recap and for idiots like me when it comes to things like gaming, what phones are out there on the market? What are the best phones out there for gaming? So it really just depends on a couple of things. One is, um, do you want something with large screen real estate? So if you do want something like that, you can look at something um, either from the iPhone series or even like Samsung Galaxy Note. If you want something with a lot of storage on it because you want to have a lot of games installed in it, then you well, you have to make sure that your uh, phone's memory, your phone storage is uh, expandable. So I think in that regard, you're best looking at some of the Android phones that have the ability to install in a micro SD card. And I think a lot of the modern phones have very good chipsets, especially on the iPhone and on, on Samsung. So you're able to get some of the AAA titles on mobile platforms running really, really smoothly with smooth mm. frame rates. So that's kind of what you want to look at if you want a good gaming experience on the go. Because for storage, they must be so heavy, these games. And yeah, you're either, So yeah, you're either yeah. looking at a, a cloud cloud storage or yeah. on your phone, which would be just crippling, I'd imagine, on the on the phone software. Yeah. And or relying on the internet, which just isn't realistic. Is yeah, it? exactly. You want to have these games on the go. So uh, I was looking at one racing game, uh, and I think it, the download was 1.7 gigs. And if you've only got maybe 64 gigs of, of space on your uh, on your phone it's going to keep on eating in your space as you download updates and you download similar games. So you want to make sure that if your phone, if your Android phone has a mm. expandable storage, then 
put a big SD card and then you'll be good to go. Okay, let's move on to um, Apple's HomePod. In fact, if you have a question for Nick, because before we get carried away with all our topics, you are quite good at answering the tech questions. There's only I one try. or two times I that try. I think we've actually stumped you. Um, what? No, we don't. No, we don't. Only we if don't it's about, about camera it. lenses. Yes. That's probably the only time I've ever heard you come like camera lenses. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it's cameras. True. I don't. I don't have any photography background. Yeah. But anything else, if you want to get in touch with Nick, you can text us 4001 or via the Dubai Eye app that's available on the App Store. Um, you can get in touch. We also have a new number. We're just going to repeat this for a while until people get the hang of it. It's 04871 So if you want to ask Nick a question, you want to challenge him, anything tech-wise, <laughs> he's smiling, so that means he's happy to take them. Basically, Nick, let's talk about the HomePod because yes. while the HomePod was um, one of the first out there, there's been lots that's followed that have been better, you might argue. Yes. Well, actually, correction, Apple, I think, was sort of late, late to the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I they, did mean late. They, <laughs> they were, I think, one of the ones that from the big manufacturers that, that said, okay, let's go ahead and put out a smart speaker. And, you know, while it's sort of been slow on the uptake, finally, it may have an update that people would actually want to use the HomePod for something useful. So, essentially, there's going to be a, an upcoming iOS 12 update which will allow you to pair with your Apple HomePod to make phone calls to uh, mobile phones and landline numbers paired with the iPhone. So essentially using it like a massive Bluetooth speaker. So you could say, hey Siri, call my mom and she would use your iPhone's uh, connection to then call people in your address book, which is you know not a bad idea because I think a lot of the times people will just be kind of out and about in their house and they could just be sitting on, the, sitting on the couch and rather than reaching for their phone, they'll say, okay, call my husband or call whoever and they can have a full-fledged conversation via their HomePod rather than having to pick up their uh, phone obviously these are for conversations that you don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to have private yeah um but yeah more I think just, like oh can you pick up some milk yeah, just, while you're at the shop really quick conversations of, yeah yeah, yeah stuff I, like do that. you know who would love this my husband yes do you know why why my phone's always on silent yes. so whenever he rings the house like i can never answer because i don't know where it is yeah so you could that just would scream be... at siri and they'll be done yeah 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 we should get you one Maybe I should get one. We should just get you one. My oh. question on this was ha- just how loud do you need to shout? Uh, because I've got my Amazon Alexa at home. By the way, are you still in a deep and committed relationship oh, yes, with Amazon I have Alexa? Two. I you have two. two. Yes, oh. one in the kitchen and one in the living area, and I'm in a studio. So <laughs> you can imagine how committed I am. Intense on, Alexa. On that note, before we continue, I'm going to get the wa- the lights in the hallway uh, wired with Alexa as well. So uh, I'll be able to control them by voice. Is but, that, yeah, yeah, via yeah. Nest or something like yeah, that? Yeah, via, via Livix. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I've got my Amazon Alexa, and yes. I. I'm yelling at home across the dining room. <laughs> Alexa, play X and Y from Spotify or yeah. whatever. Whatever. I can't imagine having a phone conversation through her. Well, the thing is with with uh, something like the Amazon Echo, it's all about placement. So you need to make sure that you've placed it in, in, in an area where she can hear you clearly because you shouldn't have to be shouting. If you're shouting it, that means that Alexa's placed in an area where it's picking up a lot of background noise. It's not able to differentiate your voice from background noise. It could be like the murmur from an air conditioning or outside mm. traffic and things like mm-hmm. that. So you want want to make sure that it's in a position where it's almost central where there's a lot of open space around it so there's no reflection and things like that uh, and you don't have to shout so same thing with the home pod if it's placed in a good location where Siri is able to hear you you should be able to have a normal conversational tone of voice and not have to scream at her good feng shui needed yes. in my house I pretty think. much yeah. no mine, mine is mainly used for turning on and off the lights yes. as you approach the, the stairs then you say can you turn the lights off yes. please and the lights go off. And if you've got a glass of water in your hand, it's fine. So that's the only thing I really use it for. So I can't imagine a conversation with anyone. Okay, let's have a look. Um, The next story you have for us, Nick, Huawei have launched or are launching. Who's that again? Who's that? Huawei. 
very good, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, not bad. I'll give it to you. We'll wait for the flurry of text messages to come in. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, someone else. Yeah, I cut you off. Go on. Huawei uh, launches a music streaming service in the region. So it's not brand new, but it's brand new here. Yes, it is. This is basically the Huawei music service. And it's specifically targeting people who enjoy Arabic music because obviously you've yeah. got, I think, very few services here that, uh, you know, allow people to appreciate Arabic music. So this is one of them. And at the moment, they're also offering uh, the singer Elisa's latest title to be exclusive to all Huawei users until July 25th, which is pretty cool. So that's something to get people interested. Yeah, to kind of get into it, check out the service. Yeah. Um, so anyone who's got uh, the Huawei update with e, uh, their interface 5.0, 5.1 and 8.0 and 8.1 will be able to get a system notification to download the app and basically check out the Huawei music service, which is pretty cool. This is just one more way in which Huawei, is that correct? Yes. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> is really, it's just making such a big push into the Middle East and has been doing for the last couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily a name you hear a great deal of in Europe, for example, but here in the Middle East, it's massive. And it, it, this whole, you know, obviously we had Xi Jinping, the Chinese president was visiting the UAE last mm-hmm. weekend. And as part of that, we kept hearing about sort of tie-ups. And I know Dubai Tourism, for example, have done a tie-up with Huawei mm-hmm. in which they have promoted um, tourism in Dubai, in the city of Dubai, through Huawei's hardware in, mm-hmm. in China. So Chinese Huawei yeah. owners, when they open up a Huawei phone, they see pictures of Dubai and the Burj Al Arab and things yeah. on their phone. And it, Huawei just keep penetrating deeper and deeper into the Middle East and into Dubai particularly. And yeah. It's interesting to see that. So this what's, Arab music tower is pretty cool. Yeah, what's also cool is, is the, they were one of the first to also have the Dubai font installed on the phones. Ah. So people could set the Dubai font as a system font on the phone, which is pretty, pretty cool. So I think it kind of goes, you know, goes to show just how close um, that particular brand is, you know, looking to the region, looking specifically to the UE and, and kind of figuring out ways to build stronger ties. And it is a great brand because a lot of times people think of, you know, I want to go for Android phones, so I want to go for a Samsung or go for a Lenovo, but Huawei is a very strong brand. They do some very, very good phones. Um, and, you know, it's it just, just goes to show that, you know, one of these lesser known brands, if you put a little trust in them, you actually can get a very, very good product at the end of the day. Nick, we've got a text in. We've got a question for you. Um on this one, I'll just see if there's a name on it. No name on this one. My external hard drive is not working. I've been quoted 1,000 to 1,500 dirhams for transferring all the data. Wow. Ugh. <laughs> is there another affordable option to transfer my data? Okay, so um, if you can text back what kind of um, external hard drive you have, I can just troubleshoot a little bit further. But the easiest things to do is, this is, seems really, really trivial, but change the USB cable that's connecting your external drive because I guarantee you a lot of the transfer problems that are caused with external hard drives are down to fraying cables and things like that. So change the cable and see if that works. If it does it, you can get another external uh, hard drive enclosure, which if you unscrew your current drive, you take out the actual physical drive, plug it into the new enclosure uh, because sometimes it could be the motherboard on your existing drive that is causing problems and then plug that into your computer and see if it works that way because I think uh, a lot of times it's just it's not the actual drive itself that's failing, it's the enclosure or the cable. So try those two things. You can get the enclosures from souk.com or from any leading retail uh, tech store and you can uh, do it yourself at home quite easily. That now, might be a nice, cheap, easy fix for them. It is definitely cheaper than 1500 dirhams. Now you're saying, Nick, it's a nice, easy fix for you at home. Um, what kind of level of expertise do we need to have? Because realistically, if that yeah. was me, um, do you think I would be capable of doing all it you literally in all need, seriousness? All you literally need is a screwdriver to unscrew the screws and the hard drive can only go in one way. Okay. So you can't mess that up. You literally just unplug it from the old ex- enclosure, plug it into the new one, screw it in and plug in the USB into your computer. So potentially even potentially, I could do it. Potentially, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
And yeah. I think, uh, I, know, I know I've had experience of this and a lot of other people do, when you have these issues with external hard drives or your computer, um, you know, your SD card that goes in your camera mm. or something like that, something that's got memory, something that's got treasured photos and files and documents, and all of a sudden you can't access them. It sends you into panic. You, yeah, start, you start Googling <laughs> and then you find that out there, there are these agents, there are these people that yeah. basically prey on people in sticky yeah. it situations. It could be a really simple situ- yeah. solution. People just in a moment of panic, like, oh yes, I'll pay, you know, Whatever X number of dollars to, to get my holiday photos yeah, back it's terrible yeah. it's terrible yeah just just sort of play it safe and see if uh, if you can do it yourself is it is there any such solution for an e-reader nick out of interest not asking, if you've dropped it asking in the pool, for a friend no, no asking no. for a friend tell your friend no they're you sure you're pretty sure yeah can't you there's nothing to screw or unscrew no, no did you do bag of rice <laughs> no because i read online that, that was work that wasn't good for those things and um, maybe that what's the gel called i don't know you know the gel that comes in shoes and trainers <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, are you looking around I mean? like either was it ever like, you know, bothered with you? But yeah, it's one of those no, things. No, they do. Aisha's nodding at me. <laughs> Let me see if I can get her. Yeah. Silica gel. That comes silica in gel. Packets, yeah. See, she knew what I was talking about. Okay. Silica gel. All right. That's apparently Aisha, are you volunteering better. to fix a Kindle? Is that what you're saying? No way. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sabia's texting with a follow-up to this. Um, can you see that? Hi, I have a Seagate 500 gig hard drive. It opens up, but when I try to copy data, it keeps on thinking it will stop working. So that's the same person that's texting about the external hard drive. It's a specific kind of hard drive they have. Is the advice still the same, Nick? Okay, so if you've already opened up, if you've already opened up the drive uh, and it is sort of you're trying to copy and things like that, then it could be an actual physical problem with the drive. So, um, I mean, 1500 for a data recovery is kind of steep for uh, for some of the agencies here. So I'd recommend, honestly, just look around yeah. to see some of the uh, recovery solutions here. Uh, I still say try with a different enclosure and see if that helps. It could, again, be a communication problem. Uh, but yeah, if you still can't try it with the new enclosure and it's still causing problems, then look for someone else that will um, not be charging an arm and leg to recover your data. This is Drive Live. Get in touch with the show. Text us on 4001. You're listening to Drive Live with Natalie Lindo Taylor and Rosanna Lockwood is here. Nick Rago is in the studio asking, answering rather, not asking your questions. That's a whole other job that he has. Um, we are talking technology and Nick, why are you laughing? We're, we're trying to talk technology. We are talking technology. <laughs> Don't be so ridiculous. Of course we are. Um, we've been talking about Huawei's fo- phone on foray into uh looking at gaming phones. But Mm -hmm. we're going to move on to something I said a few minutes ago. If you think you've got great moves, Google (laughs) have the (laughs) solution for you. And it kind of is true. It's very cool. So so Google, in their infinite wisdom, have a lot of AI-driven projects that they're looking uh, at, just sort of fun things and things that they're developing and trying to see how they have uh, real-world applications. And one of the things they've got going is Move Mirror. And what you can do is you can can go to this website uh, for Move Mirror, and it'll turn your laptop webcam on or it'll check if you've got a webcam connected and whatever moves you make it'll record a short video of you and then it will sync it against I think uh, let me just see uh, I forgot how many numbers it's basically a huge library of people in different poses so if you say you, you've got a, you're striking a pose or you're dancing with your hands up in the air it'll then mirror that with images from over 80,000 images that it's got as library so you've got some other random stranger or a photo of a stranger with the arms up in the air if you do like a peace sign there's somebody else to you know there'll be a picture of a peace sign and it just it looks so cool when it comes into effect so it's a really cool uh, AI experiment you can check out it's called Move Mirror you can jump into Google 
to find it. And yeah, just kind of get up and get dancing in front of your webcam. I had a little look at this and my first question, well, it, lo- it looks super cool. It looks yeah. super slick, like everything Google does. Uh, but then I thought, why? Why, why are they doing this? And there, there isn't really an answer. Really. It's just for fun it's and experimentation, f- yeah, right? Yeah. It's more to do with data analysis and AI sifting through large volumes of uh, sort of usage scenarios and things like that. So basically, it's trying to look at an image or looking at a video of you dancing and it'll say, okay, I'm going to look at the position the various joints are in. I'm going to change that into a mathematical algorithm. I'm going to match that with the existing algorithms of all these pictures in instances where the algorithms match up. These are the pictures I need to show on screen. So it's doing all of that in the background. It's learning basically to match whatever the algorithms are in your movements versus photos that it's already got in its library. And that's kind of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to machine learning. Mm. And that's kind what Google wants to demonstrate is that if it's able to craft something as simple as this where it's able to mimic your moves it's kind of the precursor to bigger and better things that it can try and invent in the future so by participating you're essentially doing your part for AI you're training you are are. it's helpful it's kind of Google flexing its muscles saying look look what we can do as well flexing a few dance moves as well I think of course that's what we all (laughs) do when we dance isn't it Nick we try just me yes okay so if I suddenly decide instead of Natalie Lindo Taylor I want to change my Twitter handle (laughs) to Elon Musk your Twitter name yeah my Twitter name there'll be a problem right there would be so Twitter will now lock your account if you change your display name to Elon Musk which may sound extremely bizarre but there's a there's a you know there is method to their madness essentially what's happening is they're trying to uh, they're trying to combat cryptocurrency scammers dropping uh, deceptive links in replies to Elon Musk. So basically, if Elon Musk puts something out, mm. you know, a tweet or whatever, and then people are having a conversation with him, uh, scammers are basically then replying to these people as you know, quote unquote, Elon Musk, and they're saying like, "Oh, if you guys would like," because because uh, Elon Musk did uh, a campaign a few weeks ago where he was giving our free cryptocurrencies. Where if you sent him 0.02 you know, Bitcoin, he would send you twenty Bitcoin in return and things like that. So um, they were basically using that as a way to scam people for you know cryptocurrencies or personal information and things like that so we're just trying to clamp down on that so if you change your name to elon musk i think within a couple of tweets if you're putting them out even if you're not targeting anyone uh twitter will say your account has been locked and you'll have to go through a couple of verification procedures in order to get it unlocked again which is kind of scary yeah, it's kind of scary. I think a lot of people, like you say, would look at a, a, a name on Twitter and think, okay, without really looking at the handle underneath and exactly, thinking, yeah, yeah. oh, you know, Elon Musk, familiar person, yeah. know who that is. Whereas if you look underneath, there's generally a bit more detail about what the genuine name is. And Elon Musk is probably Elon Musk and Elon Musk. Yes. Musk <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and, you know, there's no word from Twitter yet whether they've applied this sort of security protocol to other more, you know, prolific people on, on Twitter or not. But I think starting with Elon Musk is an interesting sort of way to go. So, yeah, don't change your display name to Elon Musk or you will be blocked by Twitter. And go bit, on, a, bit of a segue uh, here, Uh-oh. but a blue tick isn't always necessarily uh, the thing you should be looking for either. I mean, it is the bl- the blue tick. Obviously, is a tick you get on Twitter, and it verifies the person that you're looking at. And if you see Elon Musk with a blue tick, yeah. you're looking at the real email, Elon yes. Musk. And anyone else that's using Elon Musk as a name probably isn't him. Yes. Um, but the blue tick is has come in for some stick in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Because they the Twitter have been taking down the system of they're basically refurbishing the system by yeah. which they award blue ticks at the moment, and it's yes. very hard to know how they do it. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, there is an actual formal application where you can go through Twitter and you can put in your Twitter handle and 
ask for verification, but I think nine times out of ten, they'll come back to you and say, oh, sorry, your account does not mean to meet the criteria for, you know, uh, verification. So it's it's very convoluted. There's still no kind of black and white procedure with how Twitter decides whether you're verified or not. It's very, very weird. Um, but yeah, I think you just kind of go on and try your luck. And, and, you know, if there is a legitimate reason for you to be verified, if you're uh, a huge corporation or a business or you're a public figure and, you know, you face a lot of um, uh, problems online with social, uh, with fraud or social media identity, things like that, you may want to get verified. But yeah, for all us other peasants, sadly, mm. you can't get verified that easily. You don't have, do you have a blue Oh, tick? no, I wasn't speaking about myself. I have I a blue tick. I assume you have yes. a blue tick, oh, yes, Meg. of course. Yes. <laughs> now, Nick, I want to just talk to you about a story that was in the headlines mm-hmm. um, and we discussed it on the program a couple of days ago. It's all about uh, DIFC saying, okay, now you can let us know um, if you do pass away what you want to happen with your social media accounts. So it'd be quite interested to get your take on this because it's quite a topical story. Um, have Have you thought what you would want to be done with your social media? Would you Would you want it closed down or what do you think you would want to happen? I don't know. I think I think if I was to sadly leave this plane of existence, my wit and humor and just fabulous self should come with me. And I don't think anyone would ever be up to the task to fill these very big shoes. So I would personally have all my social media accounts uh, sort of put in memory off and then just closed. Yeah. yeah. And do you think it's an interesting development that this is the kind of thing that we're thinking about now? Because if you go back not so long ago, it would not be a consideration. But yeah. unfortunately, as Rosanna and I both uh, attested to, you know, we have had friends or family that have passed away and it's quite a difficult thing to do it is, it in is. terms of deciding, do you archive the page? Yeah, yeah. Um, what it feels like for people to have reminders, whether they be memories yeah. um, when photos come up. So it's quite a sensitive issue. But I guess it's important that people are tackling um, the issue now because yeah. most people do have some form of social media one way or the other. Exactly. I know on Facebook you can basically nominate someone to, uh, you know, quote unquote, be your Facebook next of kin where if there's a situation that arises where a person passes away, you have somebody you've authorized mm. to take control of your account and can kind of look at... Um, uh, there are some restrictions in place even with that, but, you know, you have some degree of control and, and replying to posts and things like that. But the fact that we've, you know, looked at this now and you know people are saying that you should you you should put clauses in in your will where you can state who's going to inherit your social media account it just kind of goes to show you where we're prioritizing things and what we kind of uh sort of place value in our lives so it may not still be something that you can tangibly yeah you know uh have but it's still of value to you whether it's an Instagram account or a Facebook or Twitter whatever it is it held value or it holds value to you in your life yeah. therefore you feel it should be you know given to someone else for them to curate and for them to take, off, take care of as well so uh, it's not surprising at all because this is the kind of day and age we live in right now and social media does play a huge part of our lives so there's you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with people saying okay you know I actually do place you know a monetary value or uh, you know some sort of value on my social media networks and and I feel that so and so person uh, is up to the task to take care of them when I'm sort of passed on from this uh, from this life. Okay, on that samba note, we'll have to leave it there. <laughs> Nick Rago, our guest today on Drive Live Talks Technology. Nick Rago, of course, from Tech Radar. Nick, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks, guys. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcast at DubaiEye1038.com.